Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I don't think there is much out there that is more beautiful than the feathers of a wild turkey. And on this episode, I'm going to talk about how you can mount and preserve those memories. Welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. Guys, today we are going to talk about what do you do with a turkey after you've taken it. What do you mount? What do you taxidermy? What becomes the trophy? What are the different options? What does it cost to do these things? And what are the basics of how you can do them? So let's go ahead and jump right into it, guys. There are several different options of what you can do when you take a turkey. And the idea here is you pretty much want to know what you're going to do before you walk into the woods, if possible. If you just shot a turkey and you're now listening to this episode trying to figure it out, obviously... You know, you're, you're not going to be able to do that in advance, but that's all right. You'll have the tools that you need by the end here. But I recommend you plan this out in advance before you've got a turkey that you're carrying over your shoulder. However, if you're carrying that turkey over your shoulder, you've still already done the hard part, right? That is the hard part. That is the thrill. That is the best part of just everything coming together at the end of the season or whenever it is that you take that bird. And it is an absolute adrenaline-packed memory. And the whole idea here is how do we preserve that memory? So, you know, I, plan, I recommend you look at these different options before you walk into the turkey woods. And that'll help you sort of get a game plan, who to call, what to do, where to go, what tools and things you should already have on hand. But if you don't, hey, you're going to be just fine. You don't need anything to get started or if you can start looking up phone numbers while you're driving home out of the woods. Whatever you need to do, that'll work out for you. So what are the primary ways that people mount turkeys? Well, I'm going to go through them real quick here and then I'll talk about them in some depth. Number one, the turkey tail fan mount. Simplest, all around, best thing I think for new hunters to do. Number two, you've got the turkey fan tail and wing mount. Now the wings are much harder to do than the fan. Absolutely still something you can do at home. I don't know that most brand new turkey hunters are going to try that on their first or second bird, but you can. And you know what? If you mess it up, well hey, then you still have the fan mount. It'll be all right. But sometimes people pay for that. Then you have the turkey rug. Now, I don't know who came up with that name for it, but it's essentially the tail fan with all the feathers that go down the back of the turkey. And it kind of looks like a rug hanging on the wall. But I think it's maybe the single most beautiful rug in the animal kingdom. Absolutely stunning. 
Then you have the beard mount. Some people mount just the beards. There's nothing easier than the beard mount. Tablespoon of salt, and that is all you need. You're going to be all right. After that, we have the feet. A lot of people like to mount the feet of the turkey with the spurs on them. And that's super easy to do. Doesn't cost much of anything. You can absolutely do it at home. And then you have the whole turkey mount. This is not one that the new hunter, unless you were an expert taxidermist before you became a hunter, this is not something you're going to be able to do. The level of compl- I mean, you could try. I mean, that's how people learn how to do taxidermy. If you're trying to develop that skill set, you can certainly try. You're probably going to mess up the first couple of them. And if that's okay, you're just in it for the experience and you've got this turkey, then hey, you know, more power to you. But, um, you know, unless you're wanting to become a taxidermist, this is not something for, for you to take on at home, in my opinion. Now, I think, guys, that the feathers of the wild turkey are among the most beautiful of any bird in the animal kingdom. Turkeys are abs- actually related. They are distant cousins of the peacock and distant cousins of the pheasant. Just some of the most beautiful birds on planet Earth, period. And and the majesty of a turkey makes them more beautiful in the eyes of the hunter. You know, that gobbler puffed out and strutting in the field, just seeing that, experiencing that in the real world with your own eyes is a marvelous thing. And it just gives you so much more respect for these birds, for these animals, and for them and then the mounts that come. Right? I didn't think I didn't think that turkey mounts and turkey tails and turkey feathers were all that beautiful before I was a turkey hunter. More specifically, before I went like four straight seasons without killing a turkey when I started turkey hunting. Which I've been hearing more and more and more be the same story for a lot of people. And then once they finally had success, all of a sudden, boom, they started getting a turkey every season or almost every season. And I've been hearing that again and again, which again, this is part of the reason why we have the New Hunter's Guide. And we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of episodes on turkey hunting to teach you guys the things that I learned the hard way so that you don't have to. But enough of that. These feathers just... You know, once you've been chasing these birds for a while and you've been pursuing them, especially if you've gone a while without getting one, man, they just become this object of awe in the eyes of a turkey hunter. And I'm sure not as many other people who don't hunt turkeys see them in the same light that I do. I totally recognize that and I'm just fine with that. That is a-okay with me. But in my eyes and in the eyes of most turkey hunters... These feathers are so beautiful. So guys, I would recommend you never, ever, ever, not one time ever, just shoot a turkey and don't do anything to mount or memorialize any of the feathers. I just feel like that is such a waste of a great opportunity. You might think, hey, I don't really care right now. You know, I've been out hunting all day. I've been all hunting all season. I've got the meat. That's really what I care about. That's fine. But I think you'll care later. I think you'll look back six months from then and be like, you know, I kind of wish I would at least kept the tail. I kind of wish I would have at least had a memento. I kind of wish I would have done something. And you absolutely can do something. 
So let's jump here into the nitty gritty of these different techniques, what you can do about them. Uh, but guys, let me let let me go ahead and let you know that I've also detailed this information out on the website, thenewhuntersguide.com. You can go to the show notes of this episode and you can look at you know the bullet points for all these different things. I've also put some videos there to help you learn how you can actually do the taxidermy part on the tail fan and what you can do with that. So head to the website, newhuntersguide.com to see the show notes as well as the video resources that are there to give you guys some more hands-on tactical tips. All right, number one is the fan mount. I believe every turkey that comes out of the woods, you should at least keep and mount the fan. It's so unbelievably easy. It seems intimidating for the new hunter. If you've never done it before, it seems difficult. But guys, this is so easy. Okay, what do you do? Well, you take a knife and you cut the tail fan off of the turkey. Okay, then what do you do? Well, you get a piece of cardboard and then you spread out the tail fan and you use a couple of pins in order to hold the feathers in place because you want it totally spread out. It should be 180 degrees, you know, straight across from the one one feather to the other side. And that's gonna hold the tail fan in place on the cardboard as it dries. Cause once it dries, it is stiff as a brick. You will not be moving those feathers. And some people, they've just dried the tail bunched up and then they try to, to spread it out and it's over. That's just not gonna happen. You have to cut the tail apart, spread it out. And then like, I don't know, hot glue it back together or something which is better than nothing, but that's a mess and a pain and a lot more work than it needed to be. So you take this tail fan, you spread it out, put it on the cardboard, and then all you need is a whole bunch of salt. What kind of salt? It doesn't really matter. I think I use sea salt. Iodized table salt is gonna work. Kosher salt is just fine. I like, you know, good sized chunks of sea salt, the same stuff that I cook with works great, but anything is going to do it. And you basically just pour a pile of salt on the fleshy parts of that tail, top and bottom. Now, what I will do is before I, I pin it to the board, I will just work a lot of salt into that tail. I'll just work the salt in. I might let it sit for 20 minutes, come back later, scrape the salt off, work fresh salt in. And then I'm going to put it on to the board and I'm just going to pour a pile of salt on it and pin the feathers so that it's a perfect 180 degree arc the way I want it to look on my wall down the road. And then I'm going to take that, that piece of cardboard that has that turkey fan on it. And here's the important part. I'm going to sit it somewhere and do nothing. All right. That's the key. Do nothing. You just sit it somewhere and do nothing. And in, depending on humidity, temperature, all the different variables of where you put it, you're looking at somewhere between three to six weeks is what it's going to take for that thing to dry out, stiffen up, and be ready to mount. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, 
For just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Now, some people advocate, you know, come back the next day or two days later and then scrape that salt off and put fresh salt on. You could do that. I don't think it's necessary. I have done it with some and have not done it with others, and I still don't know that it makes any difference whatsoever at the end of the day, but, you know, salt is relatively cheap. Now, a lot of people use borax instead of salt or mixed with salt, or they'll use one, then the other. Borax is a laundry detergent booster, and it basically, on a turkey fan, it works to help pull the moisture out of the meat and bug-proof it which is exactly what salt does. And so why use borax over salt? I've seen professionals advocate for one or the other. Um, There's probably a right answer as to which one is better, but I've not been able to find it. And so I've done it with both. I've had the same results with both. I prefer to use salt just because I always have it on hand. Now, borax is cheap, all right? It's cheaper than salt. So maybe that's a reason why people like to use borax you know you go to the grocery store and you can buy like a one or a two pound box of 20 mule team borax for like four or five dollars all right four or five bucks and uh that'll last i mean that borax i don't know if it goes bad i imagine it's going to go bad before you use it up i mean that's going to last you years and years all right you can get it online if again if you head to the website newhuntersguide.com go to the show notes I, I click through, give you a link to, you know, the, the cheapest borax that I could find on Amazon for you that's the right stuff. You want the borax to be 100% borax, unscented, right? Nothing else in it, no additives. That's what's going to work best for you. And so, you know, there's a link there on the website. I've done the research for you. But I think salt works just as good. It's a little more expensive, but I always have it on hand. And so I like to use the salt. So after you've done nothing for maybe three, four, five, six weeks, then you come back. If it is stiff and hard and dry, then it's done. If it's not, maybe you want to change the salt, come back, give it more time, give it a few more weeks. Again, the temperature, humidity is all going to, is going to depend on how long this takes. But after a few weeks, you know, it's pretty much going to be there. Uh, oftentimes I'll leave it sit in the garage, you know, on a shelf or something on the cardboard till the middle of the summer. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably get around to this thing and finishing it up. Then what you do is you take it, you pull the pins out. It's going to be stiff. It's going nowhere. And then you can at this point do nothing and just put it in a mount. Some people like to get Bondo and cover over the fleshy parts with Bondo in order to make sure that it's completely bug proof 
that nothing's going to happen. It's not going to get any moisture in there or whatever. Um, I've never used the Bondo. Some people use hot glue. They'll get a hot glue gun and they will basically just coat a layer of hot glue all the way around it, both sides, in order to do the same thing as the Bondo. I have done the hot glue method. And for me, that has worked just as well as doing nothing. Um, I'm not sure that what the, there's no short-term benefit at least from using the Bondo or the hot glue. Now, 30 years from now, maybe uh, I'll have a different opinion with a little more experience and say, you know what? The hot glue was better. It did something over the course of that period of time that was better versus doing nothing. But, uh, you know, if you want to do something, do something. If you want to do nothing. Now, I will say this. If you live in a place that's particularly humid, I would recommend you do something. Where I put my turkey tails, it's very dry. It's a dry room of a dry house. And there's no moisture in there unless I put it there. And so I've never had any issue fans sitting there for years. But... If you're somewhere where it is humid, if you're living in Florida or something, I would probably recommend you do something like the Bondo or the hot glue. That's probably that's probably the kind of, if you're in Florida, if you're in Mississippi, if you're in the, you know, if you're living on the, the badlands somewhere in the swamp or whatever, and it's humid, then yeah, you probably want to do something. You know, if you're living in the north and the Midwest or whatever, and it's always dry, whether it's hot and dry or cold and dry, then I don't think it's going to matter at all. So what you do then is you're going to take it and you're just going to plop it into a mounting board. You can make your own. I recommend, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it right now. I will link to it in, in the show notes of this episode on the website, newhuntersguide.com. I keep buying the same one year after year. Year after year, I just it costs I think thirty bucks. It's on the more expensive side, but it just looks gorgeous. It has carved out turkey feet on the one of the backing panels, and you slide your tail fan in the top, and then you slide the beard in the bottom, and it just looks awesome. Ever since I first saw it, fell in love with it, and I keep buying one for every turkey that I shoot, and I just got these just lying in the walls in my office. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing better that I've seen. You can make your own. If you're a craftsman, then, you know, go for it. I'm sure you could make something better for cheaper. But for me, hey, 30 bucks is well worth it. And it actually comes with a little packet of borax. So if you're wanting to use borax and you buy the mounting kit in advance, then you have it on hand and, you know, whatever. Saves you a couple extra bucks somewhere else. And so I like to do that with them. Uh, it works real nice. And that's it. And you just hang it on your wall. Picture frame mounter or whatever on your wall. And just boom, hang it there. And it looks awesome. I absolutely love mounting the turkey tail fans. It's, it's my favorite thing to do with them. If I had unlimited budget, I still think I would do that for most of them. Um, because it takes up no space. It's like a picture frame on the wall. Whereas if you mount a whole bird, I mean, that feels like it takes up half of a room. I mean, it's a lot of space and if you got kids nearby, that can be tough. You got to keep it out of their range. And so, but the tail fan, so easy, takes up no space. It's the perfect option for me. Others might be a better option for you. Now on the website, I put two videos. 
one doing this the easy way and then another one doing this the hard way. Okay, the easy way is basically what I just described to you guys and that is what I said. You cut it off, put salt on it, put it on the board, you're done. The hard way involves a lot of fleshing it out, cutting every little itty bit of meat out of that thing, getting all of the fat and the grease out of the little glands that hold the feathers together and all that like a professional taxidermist would do. Um, you know, it takes a lot more, lot more time, a lot more exacting effort. Uh, if you want to see how it's done the professional way, that's usually how they do it. That said, doing it the quick and easy way, I have never had any issue whatsoever. I still don't know why I would ever take the time to do it the hard way. Is at the end of the day, and after years, to me, I, I can't tell any difference in the final product. But maybe that's because I live in a good area that's not too humid or too moist or something. I don't know. But I recommend you just do it the easy way. Super simple. Super fast. Super duper easy. And uh, But I put both videos there. If you're an overachiever, you want to do it the hard way, You know, I'm sure there are some benefits to it somehow. And that video is up there for you also. All right. Now the wings. All right. In order to do the wings, you've got to you've got to cut open and cut out the flesh and the and the the fat in a couple of different areas. And it takes some work. It takes some exacting painstaking work to do it. And if you don't open the areas up and cut the stuff out and get your salt and your borax in the right areas, you're going to end up with rotting meat. And so it's it's not hard, but it takes some time and it takes some work and there's a, there's steps involved and I'm not recommending it for the new hunter. All right. Now here's the thing. If you're just going to throw the wings away, well, give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Okay. Say they rot, say it doesn't work. Well, you know, you were going to throw them away anyway. Now you've learned something. Maybe you can do it better the next time. For me personally, it's just not worth the time. It's just not worth the time and the energy and the investment to do it and the space and all of that. Um, I like the look of the wings, but I really like the tail. It's my favorite part. Now, the rug is a different deal. I really like the turkey rugs. The feathers that go down a gobbler's back, especially on some gobblers, wow, are they amazing. The colors, the shine, the sparkle, just unreal, out of this world. And so for that, you don't just cut the tail fan off like you would. You actually have to skin the back of the bird. And I, for me, as far as I'm concerned, that is a taxidermist level job. That's just outside of what I'm going to try at home, at least at this point in my hunting journey. Maybe 10 years from now, I'll have a different opinion on it. But that's just something more than what I'm going to try at home. And so... That is more of a professional job. So you, you got to take it somewhere. You got to find a taxidermist. And what I've seen on those priced out somewhere between two and $400 most of the time in order to get that done. But man, they just look so cool. Very nice. Can be just a great way to compliment, you know, if you got a couple of those on the wall. Now I would, if I was going to do it, I would do it based on that turkey. Right, I, this would be a call I make after I shoot the bird. If I get a bird where those feathers just are so good and would work perfect for a rug, well, that's the one I'm going to do it on. If I shoot a bird and those feathers just aren't as impressive, well, 
I'm not going to spend that a couple hundred bucks. I'll just do the tail mount. And so depending, I think, on the bird and what you think about it and what your judgment is, that's how I would make the call one way or the other. Uh, and then you've got the the beard, which I've, there's nothing else to say more than what I've already said. And then you've got the feet. Now, I'll be honest with you, I am not a big turkey feet person. Um, I don't know. The feet don't do anything for me. I think the feathers are completely gorgeous. For me, the feet, there's just no huge aesthetic appeal. Yeah, you know, if you shoot a bird with record-breaking spurs, then maybe you want to mount those. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Right. If, if it's something crazy, if it's a bird with a double spur or something like that, really out of the ordinary. All right. There's a reason why you would mount those feet. Um, but just in general, turkey feet, I don't know, it's just a little morbid to me. Just I'm not big into turkey skulls either. I'm not a skulls person. If you like skulls, then you have your, your skulls. That's fine with me. I'm just not a skulls person. I don't like deer skulls. I don't like turkey skulls. I don't like any skulls. I don't like jackets with skulls on them. I'm just not a skull person. They do absolutely nothing for me. When I do a deer head mount and there's part of the skull plate, the antlers, I will cover the skull plate with felt or something else so that I'm not just looking at a skull on my wall. I know some people like to they color the skulls, they dip the skulls. Some people make calls out of turkey skulls and things like that. That's cool. Um, it's just not something I've ever pursued, so I can't give you a whole lot of advice and input on that. You know, boiling the skulls and scraping all the flesh and the brains out. It's a lot of work. Some people, that's their favorite part. So if that's you, good for you. Uh, but I can't really help you there. Now, the whole body turkey mount. This is where things really start to get complicated. All right, there's a lot of ins and outs to doing this. Right, there's just there's, there's a whole bunch to that. And then finding and picking a taxidermist is its own thing. But before I get into that, guys, let me just let you know that if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, maybe you want to consider heading over to Patreon and supporting the show, help us pay the bills, uh, also helps keep the YouTube videos coming, buys things like targets and ammo and choke tubes and all the different things that we use there. But, uh, you know, I'd really appreciate your support. It's a new thing that we've added this year. You can head to the website, newhuntersguide.com, in the show notes. There's a link to Patreon, or you can just go to Patreon and type in New Hunters Guide. It allows you essentially to make micro gifts to help fund creators. Now, 
How do you mount a whole turkey? Well, we're talking serious work here. You got to skin that bird. You've got to preserve all of the feathers in the process. You then have to go through everything that's needed in order to recreate the skin colors and the tones and all of those things and paint that bird. And it's, it, you, it, it is its own discipline, its own art form. I don't think it's anything I will ever try. Uh, and that is just, in my brain, that's just, that's what you pay taxidermists for. And so if you're going to pay a taxidermist to mount the whole bird, what's it cost? Well, in my research, it's somewhere between $500 and $1,000, depending on where you live, who the taxidermist is, how experienced they are, and then what kind of mount you want. There's different poses. You've got birds on the roost. You have birds on the ground. You have birds strutting. You have birds gobbling. You have birds doing whatever they do. And, you know, there's all sorts of different options there. They can affect the price of how, how much work goes into it, how difficult it is. So how do you pick a taxidermist? Well, most people, they call five guys and they go with the cheapest one. That is the wrong way to do it. Okay, it's the wrong way. Saving a little money is not really saving the money. You know, if, if you can save a hundred bucks and find the cheapest taxidermist out there, and then that mount is junk, well, you've wasted all the money that you spent on it. If it looks terrible, you know, you might've saved a hundred, you only paid 400, but that was 400 wasted dollars. So instead of saving money, it just wastes you money. Don't approach it like that. You want to study the taxidermist work. If they have an online gallery, great. If not, go to their, go to where they are, Look at what they've done. Look at their collection. Look at the, the, the caliber of the work. And, you know, you're not an expert, but you should be able to look at a, a, you know, a turkey that's been mounted and say, hey, that looks good to me or it doesn't look good to me. And if it doesn't look good to you, well, that's probably not the guy you want to use. And so you want to study their work. Always better to look at it in person. Just pictures will not give you all the details. You can't look around. You can't see how it looks on different lighting. You're not going to be able to see the texture. You're not going to be able to see the seams in a picture. Whereas looking at it face to face from a foot away, you can see a lot more of the quality and the caliber of the work. Now, I recommend you take you know, part of the off-season and you visit several taxidermists. If you're considering any taxidermy work, this is for turkeys or anything. Visit a few. Find your favorite one, the one that does the best work that's priced within the realm of possibility for you. And make that person your taxidermist for everything. Turkeys, ducks, pheasants, deer, you know, whatever they do, once you've vetted them and you've picked them, this is not just research that needs to be related to turkey hunting and turkey taxidermy. Find the right person that can be your taxidermist for everything so you never have to do this again, right? And then, you know, ideally you pick somebody that's going to be around for a few years. And so you want to see how much work do they do? How invested are they in the craft? They look like they're about to go out of business or they look like they're about to retire. And you want to pick somebody that's going to be able to do the caliber of work that you want. And you want to have a list of options. All right, maybe you've got plan A, 
but you've also vetted everybody else who's local. So if they close or go out of business or retire, you know who to go to next in line. You've done that research once. You know, you've taken a few weeks in the off season one year. You've done all that. And now you shouldn't shouldn't have to do that again for 10 or 20 years. You know, you've got it down. You figured it out. You've, you've picked the right people, the ones that you would trust to do the work. And then you also want to talk to them and figure, okay, how do I get this bird here? Right? Do I do they want just the whole bird untouched out of the woods with nothing? Are they all right if, if you cut the breasts out or whatever? Most of the time, if you're doing a whole turkey mount, you shouldn't do anything to that bird other than put a tag on its foot. And that's what they'll tell you. Now they, they might say, hey, you can throw it in the freezer or whatever. But you know, this is not a duck. A turkey is a big bird. Throwing a turkey in the freezer could take up your whole freezer. Right? This is not just some bird from, you know, the grocery store. You're freezing up a whole turkey with all the feathers on and the tail and everything. You know, that's going to take up some space. And so, you know, I recommend you go straight to the taxidermist with that bird. Now, you got to keep in mind, you're probably not going to get the meat. Right? That's If you're going to do a whole bird, you're probably not going to get any meat from that bird. Maybe your taxidermist will cut the meat out give it to you or something. Um, don't expect that though. Chances are you're not going to get any meat from this bird. That's just part of the price that you pay in order to do the whole mount. And so, like I said, there's pros and cons, but find out from your taxidermist in your area, the people that you would use, what their policy is, what they do, how it works with them. You know, when you can get it there, you know, I'm, I'm the guy, I would go straight from the field. I might stop to take some pictures, but I want to get it straight there within a couple hours. I don't want anything to start to rot. I don't want anything to start to go bad. You know, if you let it sit on your, hanging on your porch for a couple days, the skin starts to break down. The feathers can fall out easier. It can affect your taxidermy. So you either want to get the bird there quickly or you want to freeze it quickly, depending on all those different factors. And so uh, this is the this is the stuff you really want to work out in advance if you can, right? If you are leaving the woods, if you're listening to this right now in your pickup truck with a turkey in the bed, and you're trying to figure out where do I go, what do I do? Oh man, this is a tough one because you got to find a taxidermist. You've not had a chance to vet anybody. You know, maybe you drive to somebody who just so happens to be open today. <clears throat> And they'll let you look at their work and you you make a call, but you're probably not going to have time to go visit a couple people or even figure out who's around and what the options are. You know, you're, you might be stuck. And so you just, you got to make a call. You got to make a decision. What are you going to do? If you want to mount the bird, then, you know, do everything you can do to find a person who can do it and, and hope that, you know, their, their quality and you like what they're going to do and the price makes sense. And, um that, you know, you weren't going to find a better person or save money, you know, visiting a few other people. You just have to go with it, though. You probably don't have time to do a proper search. If the sun's high and it's getting warm and the bird's warming up and you need to get this thing into a taxidermist's hands or into a freezer quickly. Now, here's the other side. I'm not a big fan of taking any bird home, putting it in the freezer, and then taking it later to get taxidermied. The reason is so many times it just never happens. 
You took this bird. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It sits in your freezer for months, for a year. You never get around to it. And then it just becomes a waste. You don't get to eat it. You don't get to taxidermy it. You don't get anything. You just end up pitching, you know, this carcass a couple years later. I would rather just take action and do it now. Whatever I'm going to do, do it now. If you can't afford it, don't do it. If you're thinking, well, I'm going to freeze it for a couple months and save up the money. No. Take it home. Mount the tail. Eat the meat. Enjoy the kill. Save up your money so that next turkey season, you have the money to mount the right bird if you take one. All right? Don't do this to yourself. If you don't have the cash, don't mount the bird. That's just the bottom line. Don't sit there and say, well, I'll save up for a couple months or a year till I have the money. And that while you have a whole turkey sitting in your freezer, taking up, even if it's a deep freeze, taking up half your deep freeze, and it's a dead animal with feathers, bugs in it, and whatever. I mean, now, listen, don't do it like that. If you don't have the money, mount the tail. That's the answer. Well, I don't have the money. What can I afford to do? The free thing? Let me do the free thing. Be happy. Eat the bird. Celebrate. Make some turkey nuggets. I've got other episodes on the website about what you can do with the meat, how you eat turkeys. I've even done some cooking videos on the YouTube channel. And so just let that go. Mount the next one. Start saving up now for next year. That's the way you do it. And Because here's what happens. If you don't have the money, you can't afford it. People either put it in the freezer, it ends up being a waste, or they take it to the taxidermist, and they either you either have to pay part down or half down or whatever, and then people never come and pick up the bird because they don't want to pay the other half because they don't have the money. And so then it's a waste, and you don't get anything. You got no meat, you got no tail, you got no trophy, and you can never go back to that taxidermist because you owe the money for good work that they did that you never picked up and delivered on. And so it's your fault. Don't play that game. If you don't have the money, just mount the tail fan in the beard. Maybe the spurs. Experiment with the wings if you want. Just do that and enjoy the hunt. Enjoy the thrill. Enjoy the food. Enjoy that tail fan on your wall. I told you already. To me, the tail fan's the best part. You know, even if I had more room and more budget, I don't think I would get a whole bunch of birds mounted. You know, if I had the perfect bird to mount and it was the one, well, then maybe. But, you know, right now, I, I just don't see it. I, I To me, the, there's no benefit there to paying that kind of money to take up that kind of space. I would rather have just the fan or the rug. And that's, 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 my, that's what I'd prefer even if I had all the options. And so you're not losing a whole lot if you don't mount the whole bird and you don't spend $1,000. Take what you can afford, enjoy it, be thrilled with it, eat it, mount it on your wall, tell the story of how great it was, and start squirreling away 100 bucks a month for next turkey season so that you can have the cash on hand in order to do the work. Now, the last piece here is timeline. Taxidermy can take time. It's not usually a two or three week turnaround. Sometimes it's four, five, six, eight, ten months. It depends on the backlog, depends on how much work that person has lined up. You know, depends on how much freezer space they have. You know, taxidermy can take some serious time. And so just be aware of that. Those are questions you want to ask. How long is it going to take to do this bird? How long is it going to take from, you know, different phases? For when do I have to pay you? Understand all of that, if you can, before you've shot the turkey. And that way, 
you have all the information you need to make all of the decisions in advance. Because if you know anything about me, I want to know before I'm in the situation. I want to have my info. I want to be able to make that call with all the information. And I want to be able to make the right decision for my situation, circumstance, and budget without then having to piece it together and figure it out. You know, when it comes to deer, I want to know the deer processor. I want to make sure they're open. I want to make sure I can get to them after hours before I even go hunting. I want to have everything buttoned up so there's no stress. There's no worry. You know, if you go out into the woods and you take a turkey, you have had a great day. There's no reason then to turn it into a stressful day trying to figure out a whole bunch of stuff. And now what are you going to do? Work that all out before you go, if you can. And I think you'll be happier and you'll enjoy it more. So guys, I really hope that this episode's been helpful for you. Head on over to the website. Check out all the other episodes on turkey hunting. I'd really appreciate it also if you went to iTunes, left a five-star review with a comment. Helps grow the show and reach more people. Guys, till next time, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and go get them in the woods. think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment want to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv